This week on a lively experiment, gun control takes center stage at the General Assembly. We'll tell you what's on the table. And the campaign to replace the mayor of Providence kicks into gear. A lively experiment is generously underwritten by. Hi, I'm John Hazen White Jr. For over 30 years, a lively experiment has provided insight and analysis of the political issues that face Rhode Islanders. I'm a proud supporter of this great program and Rhode Island PBS. Joining us with the analysis, former Attorney General Arlene Violet, Boston Globe reporter Ed Fitzpatrick, and former State Representative Nick Gorham. Welcome everyone, I'm Jim Hummel. We appreciate you spending part of your weekend with us. It's been three years since some groups wanting to testify and propose legislation in Rhode Island have been able to do so in person. With COVID restrictions relaxing, supporters and opponents of gun control this week flocked to the State House on successive nights to argue their points. Um, Arlene, let me begin with you. It, it, Everybody's up there every year, and it's and it, the, the arguments never seem to change. But there has been a little bit of incremental change over the last couple of years. So I wonder whether that continues. Well, as, as long as mass slayings continue at the record that is uh, happening, I, I think it will move people incrementally. But I don't expect the General Assembly to have the guts to make any changes. You know, people who are pro-gun always argue about the sportsmen or whatever. Well, I know sports people and hunters and no self a, a person who loves hunting would ever think about using a mass gun or mass bullets, et cetera. The, the real irony in this country is people who support the Second Amendment want those kinds of guns so they can protect themselves against politicians. <laughs> well, as much as we ought to think about that, the fact of the matter is time has showed us that the people we <clears throat> really ought to worry about are our fellow countrymen who are using these guns and doing these kinds of protests. So for the 36th year of my life that I've been proposing this, again, I want to make the pitch that we need smart technology in guns. We have phones that people can't access unless you have the code. The fingerprint technology that only allows the person shooting the gun to pull the trigger is out there. It would cost $2.27 to add it in general to guns. The only person who could fire the gun is the owner. Kids would stop shooting each other because they couldn't activate the trigger. It would have people not steal guns because they don't know how to use the trigger. It's not their fingerprint. Something that simple would clear up all these problems that legislations, legislatures continue to debate, and please just enforce the $21,000 plus laws that we have on the books. Well, I think most of the, um, most, the motivation for regulating the, the uh, clips that have more than 10 rounds in them, I think of these mass shootings. I, I think people have a point on that, but the real problem is it's, it's really disarming mentally ill people. I think everybody would agree, every single one of these horrible incidents involves someone who is severely mentally ill. And I think the solution lies in finding a way to keep guns out of the hands of mentally ill people. That's the biggest problem. But lest, lest we forget, the Rhode Island Constitution is unconditional, whereas the federal Constitution is on the right to bear arms. Unconditional meaning 
the, the people of Rhode Island have more rights to own a gun than under the federal constitution. The state constitution says the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, shall not be tampered with. That's it. And so you can't blame the General Assembly for being very reluctant. I give them credit for that. Um, it's, um, it's a tough call, and I agree with Arlene. I don't think anything's going to happen this year. Well, the Dania, go ahead. Well, I, I think, um, you know, you're right. This is the, the week where you're going to see hours and hours of testimony on gun bills. But I, until recently, the, the two leaders in the House and the Senate had an A from the NRA rating. Mattiello. Uh, Mattiello. He's gone now. Yeah. Joe Shikarchi has a D, so the, there's a change there. But the, the head of the Senate, uh, Senator Ruggiero, uh, still has an A. So I don't see any of the the uh, more uh, far-reaching bills, the magazines, the assault weapons passing. But I, I do think you could see some, uh, some bills passed this year. There's, there's a bill about safe storage of, of guns. Last year we saw uh, the, the ghost gun bill pass, and there was and one about schools, guns in schools. schools. Senator yeah. Ruggiero supported that. So I think you'll see some incremental change, but until there's a change in the leadership. I don't think you're going to see dramatic change up there. Nick makes a good point. How does your what you're talking about with the whole, it's almost like the drunk driving get into your car, making sure that your fingerprint, how does that square with the Rhode Island Constitution? Well, when I was Attorney General, I interpreted it uh, just as you have, because I think that's exactly what, in <clears throat> fact, it says. So unless there was a compelling reason, I did give gun permits, because I believe people have a constitutional right strongly under Rhode Island law to have it. So there were very few permits I denied. I, I, I'm sorry I left when you said uh, that uh, because the speaker has a D minus, we have a chance. I just never <laughs> thought of things as being, well, the lower the grade, the better the chance. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, the, it's rather unusual. <laughs> on the NRA. So this is the way it usually goes. You've been up at the State House long enough. They hold, it's not that they hold for further study, but they hold the bills. And then at some point when the sausage is all made at the end of the session, that's when we expect to see it. Yeah, yeah. And, and one, one thing that was different this year is uh, I think the, the magazine bill and the assault weapon bill had hearings last Last year, so they're not holding new hearings this year. They're, they're, those could come to the floor later, based on last year's hearing. Okay, to be continued. <clears throat> uh, something else that they're discussing up at the state house is the Let Rhode Island Vote Act. A lot of you remember from the pandemic, some of the uh, things that we requirements were uh, eased a little bit. Two signatures on a mail ballot. They started early voting, which I think is kind of a expansion of emergency voting, and a couple of other things. Uh, uh, Omar Ba, who is a, uh, not Omar Ba, who's the, uh, Nathan Baya, forgive me, also wants to have, our state representative wants to have um, same-day registration. So, Nick, let me start with you on this. Um, I think a lot of people think it's practical. Other people a little worried about voter fraud. So Definitely worried. Uh, I, I would be. Um, I just, I think uh, there's so much skepticism after the last election about absentee ballots. And, um, here again, you know, the Rhode Island Constitution says that the only exception to having the election on the first Tuesday after the first Monday is absentee ballots. That's the only way you can vote outside of the election, the way I read the Constitution. And um, there's just, it's fraught with the opportunity for fraud. No What's witnesses, no notary. <clears throat> People are going to go out and just bail votes. That's what that's what the suspicion is. And how do you regulate? It's a suspicion, but there there's never been any proof of widespread that would that would affect an election. Well, that's because the controls have been in place. I mean, we ab absolutely have to uh, retain picture 
identification. Right. Oh, uh, and they're talking about that too. Yeah. So retain <clears throat> that. Uh, early voting would be all right with me, but I think it may have this I, constitutional I, I think it impediment constitution. that uh, Nick referred to. I haven't researched that as well as I mm. had to, and I had to research about guns because I was responsible, you know, for permitting them. But I uh, definitely, definitely keep by. Uh, picture ID. The, the advocates for the legislation say, uh, you know, there are concerns raised about fraud, but we just proved in, during the pandemic that you can have early voting, you can use mail ballots and not have fraud. There, there wasn't any evidence of widespread fraud. Well, in there that were election. people who got confused too because they said, oh, they mm. mailed me and my sister and my cousin a mail ballot. No, they mailed the application for the mail ballot. Correct. But what about, what's the problem with early voting, Nick? I mean, let's put the, well, I guess we can't put the Constitution aside, but other states are doing this. A lot of yes. people say, well, you know, what if something happens, <clears> the bombshell in the last week? Well, that's voter beware. You're, if you're voting early, you know. But don't you think, particularly in the presidential election, most most people had had their minds made up weeks before the election. Maybe, but you know, the Rhode Island Constitution says that all of the officers, everyone, shall be elected on the Tuesday after the first Monday. The only exception to that, that's, that's Article 4, Section 1. The only exception is in Article 2, Section 2 for absentee, and they call it shut-in voting in the Constitution. How do you have an election before the first Tuesday after the first Monday, and, when the Constitution yeah. says that you're supposed to have it on. And by the way, most polling shows that at least 10% of people are undecided, and they only decide in the last week or the last two days. So there is that problem of people being, you know, not necessarily knowing who they're going to vote but for. That's their own they problem. may have, well, they may have very strong feelings toward, for example, in a president race who they're going to vote for, but they really haven't studied down the ballot. So it's a weight and measure thing. But, but from a legal standpoint, as Nick says, if this passes, then do you think that bumps up against, somebody would have to bring a lawsuit, right? Yes. To say, even though the legislature passed this, we believe it's unconstitutional. Is that the path that it would take if they... That, that's certainly one path. Of course, uh, you know, the, uh, they have all these lawyers up at the General well, Assembly. They need a Nick Gorham I, to check I, the Constitution. I'm not going to be... Too perturbed, but um, it's not always the case that the General Assembly follows the Constitution. It's, I know that's a shocker, but uh, <laughs> the, the, the Secretary of State's argument during testimony this week was that with the two signatures that have been used for mail ballots in the past, the, the Board of Elections wasn't checking those, but they do check the signature used when you, you sign in. So that's the check that's in place now, and it worked during the pandemic. Okay, um, to be continued as many things up at the State House. Uh, state, come back in June when all of this <laughs> happens on the last night and there's 400 bills that go through. Ed, let me stay with you on the on the governor's race. All of you knew since we had we had uh, announced just last week, Ashley Kalis is now the Republican candidate. Um, <clears throat> she's got a lot of work to do to get on people's radar screens. Yeah, the, the, the time is short for her to introduce herself. She just moved to Rhode Island last year. So uh, but she you know, she, the field is clear. Um, the uh, Blake Flippy, David Darlington had considered no it and, and decided not to do it. So, and she, she, I think she'll bring some money to bear in the race, self-funded to an extent, and she's getting out there now. So, um, yeah, we'll be hearing more about her. But she, her, her time is short, and she's not well known in this state. Uh, I, I think she'll bring money to bear. Uh, I think she made some stumbles when she talks about Republican governors that she would emulate, like Ron DeSantis, whom I think is a disaster. 
uh, in, in Florida. And just uh, got flipped on the on the voting rights stuff yeah, down there. Yeah, Federal yeah judge you know, said, so, yeah, and uh, I don't think you should allude to other governors uh, of how great they are. That plays to your Republican base, certainly, but they're already going to vote for her mm -hmm. no matter what, okay? Mm -hmm. The issue is other people. She scared me when she talks <laughs> so uh, oh, high about how wonderful DeSantis is. Well, um, Don Carcieri came out of the wilderness and ran. He was a corporate executive who did some things that are somewhat akin to uh, Ashley Kalis. But he also had what is the most historically significant advantage. In other words, history proves it to be true. Yeah, he was a man. And it's coming. No, 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 no. Come on, let me finish. There you go. Oh, that's Here the elephant is. in the room. No, it's the... It's the staggering effect. The, the Democrats are going to destroy themselves all summer. There's so much money to run all kinds of rotten negative ads. And McKee, Folks, Nellie Gorbea, uh, Matt Brown, they are going to slaughter each other all summer with their ads. And one of them will stagger across the finish line in September. Ashley Kalis will be fresh and ready to go. She won't have spent any money except to bring her name recognition up. So it could be a good race. It really could. I wouldn't else, write her off. But you know what else Don Kachiri, and I, I will take it, you at your point, you know what else Don Kachiri had going for him? He was from Rhode Island and went to Brown University, played football yeah. there. So, I mean, and, it's right. not like... And he was know. a businessman at Cookson, Old Stone. He was known, yeah. but I think Nick's right. It's going to be a, a bloody Democratic primary, so there will be some damage inflicted there. What about how the Democrat is shaping up now? We haven't had you on since Seth Magazine, or we'll talk about CD2 in a second. Um, he takes his money and his whatever name recognition he has over there. So what about the five as you look at the field? The most recent, obviously, is Helena Bonanno, folks. Yeah, she's jumped in and she brought to be a million dollars to say hello. So that gets her recognition. That'll help in the fall. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, the governor is uh, was well positioned. You know, he, the pandemic was easing up. He's got millions of dollars at his disposal. Uh, he, the only person who could beat him is himself. And he, he's he's he's. Uh, Made some stumbles along the way. You know, FBI investigation was the latest headline. Never a good headline. Never, <laughs> never helps you in an election. So, uh, so you know, that, that uh, gives a shot, I think, to uh, Nellie Gobert or Helena Folks or, or Matt Brown, possibly. So, and Daniel Munoz, Luis Daniel Munoz is in the race. So uh, it's going to be an interesting primary. I see you nodding your head vigorously that the only person who can beat him is himself. Yeah, this race is to see whether McKee can make it across uh, the finish line. He's got problems, obviously, with ILO. Uh, people don't cotton, and I'm glad they don't, that you give monies that uh, to someone who is the higher bidder, but because of the connection to you. Uh, Moore is coming out now about his brother and some of the shenanigans in Cumberland where uh, the brother uh, built uh, substandard uh, places that are now problematic, but during the McKee administration, he wasn't checked by uh, the, the permit is when he town. was mayor in when he was mayor right. that's correct and uh, now of course uh, his brother's getting in trouble for the McLaughlin and Moran building for working without permits 
That makes people wonder how long has this been going on? We know about ILO now, but that whets the appetite, I think, of investigative journalists to take a look at whether that this is just a new problem or is it been a perennial problem. So I'm looking to see whether McKee can make it across the finish line. Arlene just gave you and me and Tim White and uh, whoever else is out there, we have a potpourri of things to look at. You just filled up our next couple of weeks, Arlene. Thanks, thanks, <laughs> thanks for that, Nick. I just, um, I'm listening to Arlene and, and Ed, and I'm just imagining the negative ads. They are just going to be fabulously destructive. <laughs> really. You seem like you're like this. Well, Ooh, let's go. I, I still remember 1990 with Paolino, Flaherty, and Sunland. Uh, that, to me, was the high watermark of negative ads by Democrat candidates for governor. I'm looking forward to this summer as well. Not Anthony Solomon and Joe Walsh. Remember that race? That was, yeah. Well, there's another example. That's how Ed Dupreet got in. Uh, Don Carcieri got in because uh, White House and, uh, and Mirth York, I believe, destroyed each other. And, yeah. you know, it, it really is something to reckon with. You had an interesting article. We talked about Congressional District 2. So there were eight, and now there are seven. Ed Pacheco dropped out right before our show last week. A young man who a lot of people haven't heard about and probably are never going to hear about again, Michael Neary. We'll <coughs> talk about the, the, he's one of the down ballot candidates. What a bizarre story. Yeah, right? running for Congress and a guy that did not have name recognition. Now he does. But, but yeah, it's, for it, all it, the it, wrong it, reasons, right? It, it's not uh, the way you want to do it. He, um, we got the police reports from out in Ohio. We, he was living in Columbus, Ohio to work for oh, John Kasich. Oh, I thought he was Kasich. living in Rhode Island. Well, he was moving back. He was going to move to Coventry. Just like Seth Magazine was going to move to CD2. <clears throat> right? Yeah, the, the U-Haul company is benefiting <laughs> from this, this campaign season. And um, so he was, gonna, he was out in Columbus. He had uh, just come back from Rhode Island. And this couple, uh, uh, the Polands, uh, we're coming back from seeing their son in Florida. They land in the Columbus airport and they see the silver car behind them, according to the police report. And it followed them for it, about 70. 70 miles. And it, at one point it was alongside of them, was right behind them, was flashing its lights at them. And they, they were terrified. They, you know, she, the, the uh, candy Poland said she, she couldn't even talk to the police. She was so shaken by what happened. They thought uh, their lives were in danger. Um, so um, Michael Neri got arrested and charged with uh, menacing uh, Did he by know stalking. This yeah, they, they said they had never seen that car or didn't know the Which driver. Which makes it even more bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about, let's go to the other candidates. If you want to start on the Republican side, clearly Alan Fung has the name recognition, but Jessica Dela Cruz, she's going to mount a pretty, I think, a formidable campaign. I don't think it's as it's going to be as easy for Allen as people think. Uh, I think a lot of Republicans are looking for a new face, and Jessica de la Cruz um, <clears throat> makes a very good presentation, and um, I, I really like her. Uh, I like Allen too, but I, I think it's not going to be as easy as some people think. He'll be able to raise a lot of money, but the, Dem the Republican primary has a turnout that's 15, very... 15,000? Yeah, maybe. yeah, so it's it's... It's not a done deal for him. And the big problem might be for De, De La Cruz and Lancia that they'll cancel each other out. That's the problem. Yeah, and she also, so she's obviously to the further to, of the right of Alan Fung, plays well to the base, but boy, when you have to come back in a general, right. you know, you have to moderate. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Right. <clears throat> we were talking about uh, intangibles that win races, Nick and I off camera. Uh, and it's really interesting to see how that 
a so-called quiz that Catherine Grigg gave them, oh, and effect plays out. You know, uh, ironically, Seth Magazine, to his credit, was nearly perfect. Joy Fox. The quiz was on yeah. Rhode Island Ro stuff. Rhode Island, and can you name <coughs> the villages and everything in the congressional district? So Joy. Fox and huh. Seth Magazine were stars. Meanwhile, like Landseer and the people that live there, uh, they flunked uh, the test. You know, and unless and, well, if well, you we, went we to Wikipedia, to, you could get a. Oh, Wikipedia! <laughs> Morgan thought it was now finished. I uh, uh, yeah. Thinking that Catherine Gregg would be such a rube that she wouldn't realize she was reading and doing the answers. You know, and it was the uh, exact uh, wording uh, from uh, Google. Out of the yeah, yeah, I mean, please, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, I think that's going to be a very interesting race. I think, obviously, Magazina has the upper hand on the Democratic side here. But uh, it should be an interesting race. And if I'm from Green, Rhode Island, as I said to Nick, I'm going to say, you didn't know I live here? So you don't even know I exist as a, as a village, let alone yeah, that you're going to come and help right? me out, right? <laughs> so it'll be interesting how those intangibles, when Gr the Republicans Gr didn't know where they were. Green is actually part out. of West Canog. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I should have been on the quiz. Um, Let's, yeah, oh, that's a whole other can of worms. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think that uh, the senator will get some support in parts of that district, but the biggest chunks of that district are in Cranston and Warwick, and I, I think uh, former Mayor Fung will, will, uh, has a, a big footprint there. You wonder how much the money does for Seth Magaziner, because I think he geared his whole campaign, Arlene, to running for governor, and then all of a sudden, all he came out with was, we need to stop the dastardly Republicans from taking over the House. Now, that may play well in Rhode Island. It may, you know, for in certain parts, although the 2nd Congressional District is now a little bit more, you know, conservative than it used yes. to be. What does he have to do now to position himself? Because I haven't seen it yet as a congressional candidate. Well, obviously, uh, he's, got, he's got name recognition, having been treasurer. Uh, he's giving a lot of reports about uh, how he has saved money, made money for the pension, et cetera. But as a candidate, I think that's his line. It's really going to be we don't need to turn over control to the Republicans in Congress because look what they did during the Trump administration. So I think that's a sellable issue. It's a hard one because I think that district is more conservative. Uh, but uh, I think that's where he's going to wed himself uh, as don't surrender control and I'm the strongest candidate here. On paper, uh, Seth Magaziner is the best candidate, but this is going to be a very, very different election, I suspect. Yeah. Maybe not in Rhode Island, but people are mad as hell about what is going on with this country. You know, yeah, with the immigration, the gas well, prices. But as they were two years ago, uh, so it's the flip. It's the flip back it, and it, forth, right? Yeah. So I just, I there are a lot of intangibles out there in this election, and just because you're running as a Democrat in Rhode Island. It might not be enough to just carry you in this time. Before we get to outrages and kudos, quickly, the Providence mayor's race, I wonder, too, all the media bandwidth is going toward the governor. And, of course, Michael Neary, you know, blows all of it up in the congressional. <laughs> um, and as we get toward the debates, I will give a, a shout-out to, um, I'm the advisor for the Rick College newspaper and, and the news editor there, Raymond Bakari, held a, the first forum ever they did for all four candidates. Michael Solomon didn't participate because his... Um, 
his father died recently, but I wonder what you think. I mean, the mayor of Providence is so important, yeah, yeah. and you wonder how much <clears throat> attention that's going to get with everything else going on. Yeah, I mean, you've got a great CD2 race, a, a fascinating governor's race, but, I mean, this is going to be a very interesting Providence race. Four candidates um, with a lot of experience, and it's it's going to be, in, uh, just this week, uh, Brett Smiley had his kick, well, he's been running for a while, but he called it a launch. Um, it, it just, uh, event there. So it, and then you've got uh, Gonzalo Cuervo and and the Nerva La Fortune and the former uh, city council president Michael Solomon. So it's going to be a fascinating race. No one's going to watch that race. Uh, the nastiness of the governor's race is the thing that's going to attract that's people to watch it. That's the train wreck that everybody wants It's the train wreck. It's why people slow down when there's an accident <laughs> on the highway. And people are going to watch it to see how more nasty they're going to be when they're debating one another. You know, so I don't think there's any energy left over. I, I know Brett Smiley, if he's watching this, would shudder. He's channeling his inner buddy, Cianti. Let's pick up the garbage. Let's make sure. He's like the hands-on mayor. Still Let's not talk about all these, you know, whatever uh, great idea. So I think that's a good that's a good sell, how it works and how many people will pay attention to it. But back to basics, Mayor. Well, right? I'm sorry that there are no Republican candidates emerging. I just think the state is so much better served in having an election in yeah. November where everybody votes instead of in September when only Democrats vote. What's going on with your party, Nick? Come on, step I, up. I, uh, you know, mm -hmm. it's it's sad. I mean, this this. The state of Rhode Island is um, as as Democrat as it's ever been in my memory, and it's sad. It really is. Um, the state has changed. Uh, that's part of it. But um, look, maybe something, maybe lightning will strike for Republicans this year. Um, I, you know, you, <laughs> you have to have hope if you're a Republican. Do you have hope? Arlene? The Republicans are definitely going to take over Congress, I feel, on yeah. a national level. But in Rhode Island, uh, the shenanigans of the Republicans nationally scare me. And I've come from a Republican family, you know, all my life. I was a Republican candidate. But the Josh Hawleys, uh, you'll hear my outrage about uh, the judge and the treatment that they did, the dog whistling that they did during that. Uh, they scare me. Let's go with that right now. Let's go to outrages. Let's stay with you. That's, go ahead. that's my outrage, you know, particularly Josh Hawley, who's a former attorney general. Anyone who's been in that position knows that the, the guidelines, which, by the way, have been struck down in the Booker case by the U.S. This is Supreme for the Supreme Court, Court nominee, Ms. Ja Brown right. Jackson. Yep. And uh, she's there. Uh, and for him to raise those stupid issues uh, is, is just appalling to me, his particular conduct, because she should know better. You know, those guidelines on child porn came up during the time that there weren't any computers. So if you had 500 dirty pictures, you had to get them through the mail. So that showed that you were bad, that you would do that. Now, 500 pictures a day are downloaded on the computers. Those guidelines for maximum sentence don't work anymore, and everyone knows that, as did the bipartisan panel uh, that said change the guidelines. So, uh, yeah, I, I just thought the, the conduct was appalling by the GOP. They made me cringe, and they embarrassed me as a Republican. Nick, what do you have? I have a kudos, if that's okay. Oh, it's, we can use a kudos. Um, well, this was a very <laughs> tough year for the URI fans. I'm a URI graduate, and uh, URI fans for basketball. Kudos to President Parlange for bringing the, the change that we need to the URI basketball program, a, a star quality coach. He actually uh, appropriated the money to do it, and the, the program, I think, is going to do very well. 
uh, in the future with this president. Yeah, Archie yeah. Miller. Yeah. Hey, you know, they, somebody should adopt that as a campaign slogan, the change we need. Have yeah. <laughs> we ever heard that before? Yeah, yeah. What, you have about, about a minute left, Mr. Fitzpatrick. Over in uh, Ukraine, journalists are putting their lives on the line to tell us about what's going on there. So I just want to give them uh, enormous kudos for that. But it's an outrage what's happening. Five journalists have been killed covering that. Um, and, you know, we just had the Ukrainian uh, foreign minister, I think, said truth is the target. And we, we should just realize how precarious a free press is, not take it for granted here, not use phrases like enemy of the people or fake news, and, and really cherish that, that freedom. And I've wondered, as I've heard sometimes the bombs going off in the background, do these guys know how close, I mean, I'm sure they all have intelligence or whatever, but you never know when that stray bomb's going to hit as you're doing your live shots. Yeah, right? yeah you hear them in the background yeah. as the, during the live shots. Yeah, it's pretty sobering. Folks, it's a quick 30 minutes. We appreciate your coming and spending it with us. Nick and Arlene. Arlene, so nice to have you back after Thanks some to months good to see gentlemen. the it's violet fabulous. among the thorns uh, <laughs> and ed thank you so much folks come back next week we will have everything covered from the state house and all over the state come back and join us as the lively experiment continues have a good week experiment is generously underwritten by hi I'm John Hazen White jr. for over 30 years a lively experiment has provided insight and analysis of the political issues that face Rhode Islanders I'm a proud supporter of this great program and Rhode Island PBS